Hello and welcome to the Wonky Gamer Podcast, episode 25. Persona, my dear. I just don't give a ukulele. I'm Steph, and here's Mr. Ronnie. Hello. Mr. Dead. Evening. And alas, poor Ferg is adrift at sea. Oh, he's tired, I think. But he'll be back next time. Now, on to the gaming news. Persona 5. Has anyone heard about Persona 5 by any chance? I've had other people say how uh, excited they were about it and how much fun it is. And the big surprise I heard about it was that it wasn't only PS4, it was also PS3. Uh, oh, yes. That's yeah. to be believed. Allegedly, it was out on PS3 as well, um, although I haven't seen one. Is that only Japan, though? I, d- I don't know. I've honestly not found the time to jump on my PS3 and check if it is there. I've not seen it on the high street. In the store. I didn't think they are releasing anything. Um, that's what confused me as well. Because... Yeah, no, as I say, Persona 5. It's quite hard to find out. Right, like gaming, that, gaming Union, just a, a quick bit of news when I search for it. Out now for PS4 and PS3 four I, days ago. Yeah, I think you might have to get the PS3 ones online then. Yeah, but I, I don't mind buying... Um... Oh, that's really cool, so you could get it? Yeah, so I could get it. So if you sell it to me, Steph, then... Uh... <laughs> that may be one to add to the list. That's well. I I'll I'll talk about it a bit more in detail when we do the review stuff. But the uh, one of the things that did come out about it, which has kind of tarnished its reputation a little bit with people, is that um, the guys that made it Atlas have uh, I don't know all the details actually off the top of my head, but they've basically blocked streaming the game on PS4. Um, all right. And they've been really pushy about people not streaming it, or they're going to get them, basically. Um, That's kind of a really big thing in today's sort of day and age for computer games, because as many people play computer games to stream them, I think, as will play them for their own enjoyment, pretty much. Well, the thing is with it as well is that, um, I mean, Nintendo... Are exactly the same. Nintendo are really brutal about people streaming. I think they have their own agreement with people. If they sign up to a thing on YouTube called Nintendo something, then they get a cut of the profit. Like you can kind of do it, but there's right. also a copyright uh, infringement problem as well. Uh, a game like Guitar Hero Live, you cannot stream it. The Xbox will refuse to stream it. Um, purely because but that's for all the music copyright. Cause yes, but it depends on what kind of copyright the people who made Persona have put on the game. Well, I it's think still, it's still reasoning... a potential copyright issue there, which is what a lot of people... I mean, Nintendo are n- notoriously funny about streaming games. Um, Nintendo are awful about it. They haven't caught up at all. But, I mean, stuff like Splatoon, I've seen a lot of that being streamed. Well, you can sign up to this weird Nintendo thing, I think, on YouTube to allow you to stream. Oh, but right. they have they get a cut of the profit or something. Oh, right. Yeah. 
Nintendo are really protective. I mean, I think this is a bit of a weird one with Persona 5 because a lot of people kind of got really upset about it. But when you play, I mean, I'll go into more detail about the game a bit later on. But when when you play the game, I mean, I haven't really played a game with this much story time. <laughs> um, it's phenomenal the amount of story in this game, and a lot of it is decision based. You can choose to get to know other characters more, maybe start relationships with them and things like it's really. I haven't played a game this story detailed. It's like seems even more story detailed than a game like Mass Effect. Right. Does in it, my opinion. What about compared to say something like Final Fantasy? Because that could have, you know, big it's got more patches story than that. of massive story. It's literally half an hour of cutscene and conversations. Sometimes. I've spent. I haven't even spent. I've probably played about seven or eight hours now, and I have. I've done a bit of combat, but even that, not that much, and also it's completely um, sort of, what's the word, like surrounded by story. Right, okay. Like, the combat, you don't even kind of, like, you tend to have a segment of story in between even every battle. Like, it's not even, it's really heavy on the story. Is that distracting from the gameplay? No, it's... Or is it absorbing? It's absorbing. I mean, I don't want to go into too much detail now, because I think we'll save save going into more detail about it later on. Um, I mean, I will caveat that it's a very hard game to explain the premise and sell it to people if they don't play it, because it's so very fucking complicated to explain. I, um, I think you need to show me this game. Yeah, I think I do. It's much easier shown, but I'll, I'll I'll go into a bit more into that later on. But I, I think I think the specific news of sort of main news about it is that this dodgy sort of streaming issue, and uh, I mean also it's got incredibly good reviews. Well, while we're on the subject of streaming, um, the Xbox has just had an update, which oh it has confused yeah. me. Um, they've taken the away the broadcast button yeah, or something. Uh, Beam, it's called. Yeah, that's it. Um, I haven't really had a chance to look into it, but Twitch appears to have disappeared off my Xbox. So oh. I'm not quite sure exactly how one twitches to uh, streams to Twitch now. I think it's all done with this new Beam button. But... It'll be like I've PlayStation Share when you. Yeah, I've had a brief, a brief look at it, and I couldn't seem to find anywhere where I plug one machine or sort of one service into the other. This here, here's where I put oh. my Twitch details. You know, where do I put my Twitch Dream details? Yeah. So, although I, if it's a bit strange because PlayStation pretty much automatically knew all my details for that, it just mm. started broadcasting to my Twitch for a little test run I did on um, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn to see what because I was just about to set it all up so I could stream it. Can you stream that? I'd like to watch it. You can stream it, yes. Um, I'm thinking about doing a playthrough at some point. Please do. I'd, I'd like Horizon to watch it Zero I Dawn. Yeah. 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 I'd, I'd watch really it, watch but that. I I'd want you to do commentary. To be honest, Ed. I if yeah. I have the sound turned on the microphone, then you'll hear me talking at the game. Yeah, that's what I'd Swearing want to hear. Game. And like it'll that. be probably be like just random crap. Yeah, no, I quite like that, though, personally. Will it be like, why can't I tear this dinosaur apart like I can with my Lego dinosaurs? 
<laughs> no, it will probably be more like, do you need that part of your body? Because you won't be wearing it for much longer. Speaking of Xbox, Segway, Scorpio. Death. Yeah. Yep. Have You've you got uh, to have the skinny on this. Uh, I've, I've looked at it. Uh, they um, did a massive comparison between the two on Games Radar. Um, or Tech Radar, one of the two. Um, it looks like it's going to be awesome. To be honest, um, it is going to be very, very powerful. Um, it's going to be more powerful than the PlayStation Pro, sort of as they predicted. Um, the benchmark testing is scary sounding. Um, I will give it a bit of credit, actually. I had a bit of a... Me and Dad both got slightly triggered by each other on uh, Facebook Messenger, kind of, because we... Yeah, yeah, I saw you two baiting each other. versus Xbox, like... Um, but if the boys. prices are correct, like, the, the, the price is meant to be, what, 400 quid? They're it? saying it's going to be about 400 quid. Oh, that's 400 what to 500 and you look, projected, isn't it? Uh, I said uh, 400 Stats. No, what I saw was £400, $500. Oh, right, um, that's good. So it is, it is pretty... I mean, I did look at the specs after we'd had a, our little bitch fight, and um, it, it is pretty good, to be fair. I mean... They're, they're testing it against gaming PCs, and it is outperforming them. For a console. Yeah, I mean, I it's think like, it's... This I mean, is obscene. Are they and, going to use this to maybe start targeting the PC market? Will they do something like, oh yeah, we'll allow access to Steam or I have no idea Windows what Ten for it. games and support keyboard and mouse? So literally, you can. I can't see Microsoft it's... supporting Steam because they've got their own store and they want that to be where people go. It's yeah. the machine itself is looking like being an upgradable machine. At some point, you know, when it becomes like PC is, when your graphics card is too old, you put a new one in. That's I'm, what yeah, I'm intrigued how this will work. I don't like it. I don't. I don't like that. I think. But they're to also I'm, talking about a lot of it because the specs on it are so overstacked, really. That is a lot of it is going to be software. We're just going to tart this bit of software up. It's going to make it go quicker. It's going to do I, this I now. It's going to do that now. But why? I think the thing I don't like about grading it though is it's kind of like it, it starts making itself obsolete like I always thought the cool thing about consoles in a way like we're, we're, one of the real beneficial things about them over a PC is that you get your console and you know that games are just going to work on it that you buy for it yeah. whereas if you get a PC like a PC with the same specs for example um, that in five years times not going to run New games, whether this probably will, if they're still still doing it around then. If if you see what as I mean, long as the company supports. still supports the the console, then yeah, you you well, know for that, the full life cycle, all the games you want to play will work on it. That's that's which what, is what I like. I like the plug and playness. That's mm. that's the whole plan. They they want a machine that they don't have to replace quickly ever again. They, they, if they could make a machine that would just evolve, they would. But technology is not there. Um, but if they're this is the closest they can get. Replace the parts, like you're essentially replacing it, because a, gra a new graphics card for a machine costs three hundred quid or something. Yeah, but the, the the specs on this mean it won't need that upgrade for a considerable amount of time. 
I suppose the thing that concerns me, because I think that's fair enough, but the, th the thing that concerns me is what happens to people that have got an Xbox One? Are they going to be forced to upgrade? No. But it's do you a, not think the Scorpio, the Scorpio is an Xbox One, basically. On steroids. Yeah. Basically. But are they not going to force people onto it? I think it will be a choice. Know, same with PlayStation. Do you not well, think they might force people onto it and say, actually, this game doesn't well, work on the Xbox? I remember the Play original announcement, and they said categorically, you won't be forced onto Scorpio. One of the main things they would do is support Scorpio and Xbox One, and games developers would be expected to include a, a Scorpio mode for the games, basically. Yeah. Um, so yes, you can play the improved all singing, all dancing. It's like, whistles, um, but you won't miss out if you haven't upgraded to the shinier console. Horizon Zero Dawn is capable of being played in 4K if you've got a PlayStation Pro and a supporting TV. Yeah. It, but I don't have a 4K TV. I don't have a PlayStation Pro that I can access. Yeah. Yeah. And I've played the game. So that has both also, modes. Also, it's different, isn't it? Because the, the, the Scorpio is probably going to have more of an impact, but with PlayStation 4 Pro, don't are you not more likely, like, the main thing is you can get 4K? Like, you can get 4K, you get a terabyte hard drive on most of them. Uh, it's slightly faster, exactly. and it supports the VR headset. Um, but so does PlayStation 4. PlayStation 4 supports the PlayStation... Uh, VR, but you have to. Ha There's a little box that connects it all together, and ah. with oh, sweet nut. PlayStation oh, right. Pro, you don't need the little box, basically. Uh... So what you're saying is the Scorpio probably is really. I mean, it it, it I mean, it sounds spec-wise better, and it sounds like you get more benefit from upgrading that than you will yeah. from upgrading from a PlayStation Four to a Pro. Yeah. And the other thing, the interesting thing about it is that that price increase. Um, well, the price difference, sorry, not increase, is only £50 between an Xbox One Scorpio and a PlayStation Pro. A Pro is £350. You don't generally tend to get them in package deals at the moment. So it's just the console on its own, 350 I suppose a lot of it, though, is, is going to come down to your preferences. Because, I mean, like, we, we, we've hashed this out a lot of times, Dad. And, yeah. Like, I... For, for me personally, like... I would buy either console if they provided me with the games I wanted to play, and yeah. PlayStation has always been a hub for Japanese RPGs, mainly because it's Sony, right? Yeah. So that it just fulfills an area of gaming that I can't get from PC, and I can't really get from Xbox. Xbox did actually 360 were very clever, and they bought um, they got in a company called Miss Walker Studios which had the original director of Final Fantasy in and made a couple of great games called Lost Odyssey and Red Dragon. And they were really on the ball with JRPGs at the time. Um, and had Lost Odyssey, for me, is one of the best JRPGs ever. And right. it's hidden gems, <laughs> completely hidden to most people. Uh, unless um, you own an Xbox when it was given away like a month and a half ago. Yeah. yeah it, it, you know, I've not taken the time to go back and look at it. If you like Final Fantasy VIII, that game really, really gave me those vibes. I the art style, I, I played like a good hour or two of it, maybe, and the art style did remind me quite a lot of Final Fantasy VIII. 
Yeah, and it just has that vibe to it. I mean, I do think Final Fantasy, with losing that director, has lost an element of what the old games were like. I, I feel that when he, like, after playing Lost Odyssey years ago, I was like, this is kind of what I wanted from Final Fantasy after sort of 10. Yeah, yeah. And they've not quite hit that same mark. Sad thing is, he's now, um, appears to be mainly making mobile games, so. Oh dear. It's because Japan generally prefers <coughs> mobile games, so. Oh well. Whoops. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, ukulele early reviews. Have you guys heard much, or I've, I've, I've been quite on the ball with this. The only things uh, I've heard have been really, really, in my mind, stupid things. It's mm. too much like Banjo Kazooie. Um, did you not read the brief they gave you? Did you not read about their Kickstarter? Okay, cool. Moving on. Um, the point was it was like Banjo. That's the ho- that is the whole the point. Success, that yeah, I mean the issues that reviewers are finding, and there's some really varied reviews. Like if you look on Metacritic, I think for PC there's one that's on like I think it was 35 or something. Wow. And then you got one like 90. So it the the problem is like the game is exactly what they said they were going to make. They they said they're going to make a spiritual success. It's going to be very similar to Banjo Kazooie. And from what it sounds like, that's what it is. But from what I've played of the toy box, the um, DLC demo thing they gave when you pre-ordered, it is exactly Banjo Kazooie. It is. I've played that as yeah, well. It's, it's, it's exactly what I characters. wanted. Yeah, it's the same physics. It's it's exactly what you want in the game. If they came to me and said we're going to make another one, I'd say do the same thing again. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Continue again, the story I think. For me, thank yeah. you. A few new things, don't mess with the old stuff. And I think the thing is, you've got a couple of audiences. I mean, kids are going to love it. Yeah. People like me, and and probably you, Dad, and whoever's played Banjo-Kazooie, who still likes playing it, because I played it recently and loved it. it. Like, it's, it's what you would expect. But I think what a lot of the journalists are hoping for is they've kind of put it on this pedestal and said... This game is going to bring back platforming, and it's going to have a whole new spin on it, and it's going to bring it back. It's going to be a massive genre again, and it's all resting on these guys at Platonic Games. Yeah, and I think I, I think, think somebody's that, taken yeah. a quote and misread it. What Platonic have probably said is it's a return to classic platforming, yeah. not a, a reimagination I mean, of it. At the time yeah. I was playing Banjo, because. Kazooie, there were a bunch of that style of game that all came out in a, a relatively short period of time uh, Spyro. all around the same thing. There was... Yeah, uh, Banjo-Kazooie, Spyro the Dragon. Into Spyro, there was like... Uh, uh, Jersey Banjo Devil. Kazooie, Jack and Daxter, um, Ratchet and Clank. Sly Raccoon, and Ratchet and Clank were the really big ones for me. And literally, what I did at the time, because Blockbuster Video was still a thing, um, I'd hire them for a weekend and me and my mate would sit down and we would session the game in the weekend to to literally complete it over a weekend. So it was just a, a massive heavy couch co-op session. This weekend we are finishing this new platform. Yeah. And it was awesome fun and we had some great times playing those games but now there hasn't been anything like that for for quite some time. 
But also, is it an old man's game? You know, I mean, is it a game for old timers who loved playing those games back in the day that are happy playing something that that isn't as complicated as other things? And it's well, I'm hoping so. Well, I'm I'm hoping it's going to a return to gameplay. I'm hoping it's going to appeal to the younger market as well. I think it. I mean, I think it will. You know, and I mean, I've been replaying Banjo Kazooie, and you know, it's really nice. I mean, it's not normal for me, of all people, to say. Oh, I like playing a game that is purely about gameplay and virtually has no story. Yeah. Like I'm always the one bitching about how I love story in games and blah blah blah. I can't really play anything else. Well, yeah. Banjo Kazooie, which I've been replaying recently, is really fun. Like it's just something about collecting those pieces and yeah, hundred percenting a world and like the characters are sort of funny and it's you know it's all a bit silly but it just it's draws you in though, doesn't it? And, yeah, and it's still. I mean, it is. The art style still kind of works. I mean, you know, it's it is an N sixty four game, but you yeah. know, it, it it does work, and the new one looks brilliant. Like, but I think you know, I mean, I think we'll have to see. I mean, we're all you know, hopefully, me and Rami are going to play it on Tuesday. Yeah, should be playing and we'll going to be playing it. Hopefully, so, so hopefully, we'll be able to say a lot more about it next time. So yeah, I mean, it is it's going to be controversial. I think on how the general public find it, but we're probably all going to end up thinking the same thing. That's a lot, unfortunately. We're not going to be that diverse in our opinions, I don't think. <laughs> no, because... If I'm honest, we're... I don't think Playtonic are that concerned with how popular it's going to be on the high street sales, because they've already made their money. They've made their, made money, their money and from plus... the Kickstarter, because the fans have said yes. Yeah, well... Banjo-Kazooie, spiritual successor... The last yeah. time I checked Take our Kickstarter, money. It, go and do it. The last time I, I checked the Kickstarter, it was on three and a half million. Yeah, that's they that's they, not bad. they <laughs> declared that they wanted one hundred and seventy-five thousand to make the game. They've made they've yeah, they... got a company that can run itself now. It's a self-sustaining company off the back of one game. And they only have 15 staff members. I watched an interview with them recently. Oh, wow. They only have 15 staff members. That's, they've, been, they've done it in about two years. I'm, I'm impressed with that. I am liking these uh, indie companies that, that do put themselves out there and then release the game, and it actually comes out. <laughs> I'll tell you what I love as well at the moment is it, there's a lot of, like... Because there's people, especially of our generation, although actually I'm a slightly younger generation than... You, Rami, I'm not sure about Dad. Yeah. But, but like, sort of similar in terms of the games you played. And what I'm loving at the moment is you're seeing, like, some people like me really want to play sort of games that have Baldur's Gate mechanics, but, you know, isometric RPGs, or they yeah. really want to, like, replay a platformer like Banjo Kazooie. Yeah. And a lot of the old devs are like, fuck working at EA or fuck working at this company that we're working at. We really want to go back and make these kind of games. And they throw it out on Kickstarter, it gets backed. And then you get the game you want. I mean, it's yeah. it's actually quite a beautiful time now because when you're swamped with all these AA games that were all shooters, all and formulaic, like the same thing you saw ten yeah. years ago. Yeah, like you're 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 now getting all the old stuff that you really wanted. It's it's great. Yeah, I'm a massive retro head. Well, so. also a lot a lot of it's down. Well, a lot of it, can, the success of things like ukulele and the the Kickstarter side of it can be put down to companies like Team Seventeen. Team 17 are yeah. helping them make it multi-platform and helping them distribute. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's companies like that that help 
smaller companies and, get established. And they are really forward-thinking, I think, in that attitude. I know Lionhead Studios tried it way back when, but it just... Mm. Maybe it was before its time, but it just didn't work, unfortunately. The thing um, is, though, Team 70 are quite clever as well, because the art, the art style and that kind of thing of ukulele sort of fits in a little bit with what they they do, and I yeah. think it's a natural fit as well. It's quite clever how they've done that, because it's a bit like Nintendo building up their little empire of different um, characters and stuff from different yeah. games. It kind of relates a lot with Team 17 as well. Like they got the whole Worms thing, and then you got ukulele, and it all kind of does sort of gel. I mean, you could imagine in 10 years' time, they picked up a couple of other games, and then they're like, we're going to release our version of Mario Kart, and it's going to yeah. have like different... From you know, all the properties <laughs> that they, uh, that they manage. Have, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could see I that. I mean, if they're successful in all of them. I mean, but, you know, I mean, it, it, there are things, you know, it, you can sort of see what they're doing, and they're, they're being quite clever about it. Um, and I suppose it's all UK stuff, that, as well. It's, you yeah. Know, I mean, it is actually all, all these UK uh, developers, from your know, old school ones, kind of getting together and sort of taking things back into their own control after sort of being taken over by bigger companies in the past. But the question is, for how much longer are we going to have that and have even a gaming market in the UK with uh, the current political fallout that's uh, on its way? Do you know what? I actually just wonder whether... I don't think anyone knows enough about... No, I don't think we know enough happen. yet. And I'm... There were some games developers getting shirty about it, like yeah. saying that they would leave the country, but I don't, I don't know how likely that is. It's very difficult. It's to still up in the air, history. isn't it? It's still early days to, to know just how... Until, <laughs> until we all are. the wheels start turning... <laughs> Like properly, I mean they have yeah. started turning, but they're not up to speed. And we see what sort of fallout we get. Know. We won't know at all. I mean, you never know. It might work in our favor. It could work in our I, favor. I it might it not. Will, but fingers crossed. I, I, think, just... I think it's important to put that out there as well, because like a lot of people are really negative about Brexit, and I I'm not happy about it either. But we honestly don't it... fucking know anything no. <laughs> about what's going to happen. We just don't. Like it, it could actually. For economy, it could work quite well. For general people's rights in work and stuff, it will be shit. <laughs> no doubt about it, because <laughs> we have a Tory government. Not that I want to get too political about this, but, yeah. <laughs> um, which I just did, so never mind. But we should probably move on. Yeah, let's stuff. move on now, then. Um, speaking of isometric RPGs and Kickstarter success, um, so just harping on about, you know, uh, isometric RPGs being remade and all that stuff. Planescape Torment Enhanced Edition is being made, which is made by the guys at Beamdog, who did an enhanced edition of Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, and oh, made right. an expansion for Baldur's Gate 1. Uh, and they've done pretty well overall. Um, so, so they're basically remastering mastering Planescape Torment, which I don't think a lot of... like I think it's fairly cult following but it's actually apparently really good yeah no it, it's meant to be one of the classic isometric uh, 3d adventures and of course based just on that original planescape torment was the massive kickstarter for the the new one that's just come out that i've talked about in a previous episode and said was amazing which is um yeah 
torment Tides of Numenera. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, I think they might. I'd be adding a bit of story and of up, you know, sort of upscaling it and improving the UI. And I mean, they they, they did do a lovely job with Baldur's Gate one and two, and even the expansion they did. I mean, this people have got a bit shirty about um, the expansion because gender identity politics and yeah. stuff like that. But, sure. um, yeah, it's a game. Like a transgender halfling or something. Uh, everyone got upset really? I, I, I don't know. But um, or maybe the I, I don't know the details. Maybe it was offensive to transgender. I, do, I don't know whether it was offensive to transgender people or people were upset that there was a transgender character in a Dungeons in a Dragons game. game. Just can we all just get along? I don't. I don't know. I, it's. I think yes. Something. Something. Anyway. But. I think, regardless, anyway, that the guys at Beamdog did a very good job of of not fucking with the game too much in in general. Like the main Baldur's Gate games, they did add some additional stories and stuff, but you can like totally ignore those characters and not get involved with them. So you know, it, it they've done a good job. So this sounds like it'd be a really good sort of jumping on point to give Planescape Tor- Torment a go. It's only going to be it's out on the 11th of April, so when you hear this podcast, it'll be out. It's only 14.99 at the moment on Steam, so it probably will remain that way. So it might be worth picking up if you want to invest a load of time into a game that's pretty good. But again, I mean, I'm sure most people listening probably own two or three open world games that come out in the last two months and don't have any fucking time <laughs> in their lives to, to actually play another game, but. Yeah, um, Mass Effect Andromeda. I mean, we don't have to go into this much detail, but they've improved the animations in a patch this week. Uh, apparently, it looks a bit better. I've been, I've been playing it a bit, but I haven't had that much time with Persona Five and Kingdom Hearts as well. I've been playing as well. Um, just overlaid with games, but I mean, I didn't get too upset about the animations, to be honest. So. Some people did, but I yeah. I didn't play it, so no. I think I think it's a game worth. I think if you're on the fence about it, like I think they're probably gonna improve a lot of the problems and maybe pick it up in a year's time when it's cheap as chips and there is literally like not really many issues on it because. You know what Bioware's like. They they probably are really going to try and fix it. They'll chip face. away at it, won't they? Yeah, I think they they'll probably even start giving out some free DLC or something, knowing them because they'll, you know, they they are quite prideful. Um, if you look at the Mass Effect Three DLC, free DLC and stuff like that, they're, they're going to want to make amends for it. I think. Uh, Bullet Storm controversy. Oh, yes. So this is an interesting one. I kind of feel like I'm doing all the talking here. I'm just kind of reading stuff out. So um, did anyone else want to sort of lead on this one? Or um, do, do you want me to lead on it? I'm not sure how... Yeah, I, I think you should this. lead on this because I, I haven't heard of G2A because I have my head in the sand, so... It's, it's, I only heard about it. It's only in the last couple of days it's happened, so it's not... Yeah, and it's not been on big sites because big sites don't like giving any time to Total Biscuit because he's a threat to them. So yeah, like yeah, that's I probably shouldn't say that, but the the fact of the matter is like mainstream media do not like YouTubers, no, because they're stealing their audience. Yeah, so, 
and it's free. Yes. And it's free. Um, yeah, G2A basically is a website, if you don't know, who sell game keys very cheap. Um, a bit like, I think it's called Kinguin, and they're, they're, they're sites like that that sell games very cheap, sell keys and stuff. There's a lot of controversy over them because, you know, sometimes they get keys from dodgy places or they steal them or potentially i don't want to say that's what g2a does because it's a bit dodgy for me to say that but yeah um but there's also things like they have a little thing called um buyer protection that you can pay extra to get you make sure that if your games is stolen or you suffer any consequences then they'll they'll give you a new a new <laughs> game, cd key yeah um but anyway g2a is has been well documented to be a company who has had some pretty dodgy practices. Um, you have to pay for player protection, which is questionable. Uh, yeah. And basically, Gearbox have a releasing game called Bulletstorm, and they're going to have a limited special edition on G2A that you can only get there. Right. So, Total Biscuit being Total Biscuit is not happy chappy about this, you know, because he tends to be on the ball with these things. And yeah. he wrote on Twitter this is kind of bullshit, I will not be buying this game, I'm boycotting it, and I don't think anyone else should, or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. And he's got but, a pretty big following. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, take him pretty seriously. So he's, what's happened is Gearbox actually got in contact with him, and he shared some uh, all, all these videos and documents and uh, news articles with them, and had like a conference call with them, and Gearbox kind of came out of it going, well, actually... You're right. This is not good. We didn't really mm. know this, and we don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's quite quite amazing. He's had a real impact. I mean, he is a very, you know, influential YouTuber. Yeah. But Gearbox have agreed that he's right, and they've demanded that G2A uh, do a couple of things. One is to provide free protection for purchases, you know, on their site within the next, I think it's ninety days or something. Um, They've also asked for G2A to change a lot of their habits. I can't remember all the details off the top of my head, but they, they've they basically given G2A an ultimatum. To um, get their shit in order or else. Yeah, and uh, no idea what G2A are going to do. Panic, I'm pretty I sure that imagine. they've lost... Because <laughs> when, when a I company like know, Gearbox this... turns around and says, sort it out or else, the or else is, or else we'll tell, take you to court and we'll win, and you won't have a company anymore. But also, a lot of games companies are going to have to get on the bandwagon with Gearbox yep. now that this is like been a public issue, yep. and they're just going to be like, we can't support that website. Yeah, it, well, um, it's game changing, literally. <laughs> well, it is. It is for G two A by the sounds of it, because they've got. Yeah, they have to change all their practices, pretty sharpish. Otherwise, they won't. They it's... won't have a product to sell. But. If they were doing something wrong in the first place, as it, it seems to imply that potentially they were, then is, is this a bad thing? It, it sounds like it's good for the players. It's definitely good for the players, because it means that they're not getting scammed. Yeah. Well, I think this is the way, you know, I think we can, a lot of people complain about globalisation, they complain about the internet because of how it's affected politics and the world we're in, and we, you know, all the things going on in the world right now. It's a, lot of them a small to, world after yeah, all. It is. Yeah. It is becoming a small world. But 
one thing is, you know, things like this, like it's kind of amazing if you look at Kickstarter, what the the, the impact that has made through the internet on gaming. Well, on if anything. you look at things like this, you know, like a YouTuber who's come out and said, hey, your practices are dodgy as fuck, to then get this reaction and, and impact and create a better situation for gamers is amazing. Like, yeah. The power we have as gamers, you know, especially people that have, have really made it in terms of like, you know, the internet is is amazing for good and ill. I mean, obviously you've got the dodgy YouTubers that are doing dodgy stuff with gambling websites and stuff, but you know, there's a lot of positives as well. I think definitely. So it is nice to see something, you know, the little guys win almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's actually been another controversy that I've not put on our notes here um, with CG, CD Project Red that's literally come out in the last few days, I think. Okay. Um, they, they've basically upset kind of a, an entire subculture. How? Uh, well, oh, their upcoming game, yeah, I remember Cyberpunk now. 2077. They've decided they want to trademark the term cyberpunk. Yeah, I heard that. I remember hearing about uh, that. And that that's kind of upset a, a lot of people. Um, How do you trademark a word? To... Yeah. Um, but they they've tried to come out and lessen the blow because I think there was some pretty big backlash from what are you doing. You can't trademark. You can't trademark cyberpunk. No, it was a ro crazy. it was a role play game, what fifteen twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. In fact, and I'm pretty sure it was back in the eighties. The term was coined, I think, originally by William Gibson, with books like Neuromancer and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it, it was possibly even before then, but it's certainly been around. Um, so there was all this backlash, and all they have then said they're coming out and trying to protect their brand and their game hmm. effectively right. um, so they want to trademark it so other people can't go around calling their games stroke brands cyberpunk the thing is it's not in a business legally their legal department have to pursue this as a thing like the games developers yes it's their company but it's so complicated. It's like they kind of yeah. have to do this. It, it, whether you know the, the the morality of it is a bit of a difficult one, but like, yeah. it, they have as a business legally, they kind of have to do this. Um, It'll be interesting to see how this does affect the game when it is finally released. It won't affect it at all. If it's a good game and it's CD Projekt Red. Yeah, exactly. No, no, but no, I mean, give a fuck. To be honest, like, I don't think, I don't know. Hopefully don't know. they won't uh, upset the entire subculture that would play the game and would be desperate to play the game enough that they go, actually... Probably is their target market as well. Exactly. Their entire target market just goes, you know what? Fuck off. We're going to boycott this. I was going to go and play a cyberpunk live role-playing game next weekend, but now they can't call it cyberpunk, so... Yeah, Technopunk. To be fair, though, like, <laughs> to be fair, though, most people that play The Witcher Three, if they're like, "Oh, CD Projekt Red are making a new game," it's yeah, not they're Cyberpunk. Play they'll it. be like, "I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna play that." 
It'll be interesting um, to see how it uh, develops. You know, though, it's it's really been a time for boycotting, actually, because that reminds me of another thing. Um, I don't know if you want to keep going around. Yeah, in it's on interesting, these I think. But it's um, what get for honor. Oh uh, yes, the oh right, yeah. That got, I didn't um, realise there was a boycott for Four Honor. Yes, there's been there a lot of people have been reporting issues with the game, and ah. Ubisoft appear to have been ignoring them. Um, oh at which point the players have all decided that well, if you won't listen to us, we will just stop playing your game for two days. In an attempt right. to, to in an attempt the to get your attention, community. you know, it, Reddit. Wow. Reddit community, yeah, yeah, but it's a lot of people. Yeah, so yeah. it appears that. You know, if if you won't at least acknowledge us that you know we're trying to contact you, we'll force you to acknowledge us. If you've and it works. Yeah, yeah. Two days when their servers are completely devoid of life, I think they're gonna gonna notice that. Yeah. And they did. They did. They they they've actually come back and instantly said, "We've listened to what you've said. We're making these changes." Yeah. Like they've actually Sorry. just turned around and did it. So that Sorry, we'll again, power so, to the game. somebody unplugged the answer phone. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, also, got... you're looking mm. at the backlash with Mass Effect Andromeda. Are yeah. we all, as a community now, holding these game companies to higher standards, saying, look, this isn't good enough? We're, ex- we're paying a massive amount of money for our. The amount of money days. that they charge for games. They should be releasing products that are ready to be released. I would agree with that. I mean, I I've enjoyed Mass Effect and Andromeda, and I don't I haven't minded the animation stuff. But I will say that it isn't on for them to release a game in that state. I mean, it is fucking massive. There's loads of content. It's a really big game. But, but still, we're we're still paying through the nose for this game. I mean, some versions of games now, even just for digital games. So, like, just the digital content you gain, they're coming in at, like, 90 quid. Yeah, I mean, the pre-order stuff's a joke, really. Yeah, which is an the... insane amount of money for a game. That's yeah, like, and I think, I think also... Almost like, a third is... of your console right there for one game. Yeah. And I, Yeah, and there, there was a time when games were only about 30 quid. Yeah. It's like, uh, at what point has this become nonsense? At the point when they stop selling, when people just go out, you're taking the piss now. Actually, yeah. But unfortunately, there are a lot of people who are very, very into their games. Um, yeah, and will things like Call of Duty. Call of Duty is now an unstoppable yeah. monster. Battlefield is follow is is the same. Yeah, they have their diehard fans. They will buy the um, deluxe edition because it comes with the season pass. It comes with all the maps and yeah. all the extra content. The, the prestige edition of Call of Duty. Um, the mighty can fall, though. I mean, look at Bioware. Yeah. Yeah, but it's going to take something spectacular. I mean, Overwatch is doing a. a, a stand-up job of yeah. drawing people away from Call of Duty and Battlefield. Mainly because it is such a playable game. Well, it's drawing some people away from League as well. Yeah. 
So I mean, it's, it's it, definitely drawn some of the shoutcasters away because league's got some really dodgy practices, like with with dealing with shoutcasters. Um, I don't know the term shoutcaster. Uh, someone who I'm watches sure a game. Know. It's like when. Uh, yeah, commentator basically. Like when you watch oh, right. match of the day and they're commentating, you've got someone talking over the top of the football match. Oh, really? You, wow. It's like um, when you watch a StarCraft match, when you're watching something like uh, Fruit Dealer against someone else, you'll have two guys stood there commentating on the moves that they're making and, and how oh, they're right. playing the game and what's. It's. Um, yeah, just that. Like so, a sports like commentator. A... Like a real sports commentator, yeah. But they yeah, they've got their a own major term. history of of like like the the these people that do massive backgrounds, like they 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 have massive knowledge on all the players, how they've been doing in different countries in their leagues, like what what, what you know th things like what their general stats are, how they're right. performing, like they they have a lot the of knowledge. full breakdown. Yeah, yeah. Did, just like cool. you'd ex you'd expect on something like Match of the Day or the tennis tennis commentary. But more interesting. Yes. If you're interested <laughs> in it. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, it's games, so it's got to be football. <laughs> yeah, I never really got football. No, I didn't. No, not my thing at all. Um, there's also another thing we. I kind of feel we're going over and treading over a lot of similar issues, but yeah, yeah, uh, there's all kinds of uproar. Blizzard sued a cheat maker website. Um, in actually won the case and now have ownership of the cheat site. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is pretty funny. So now they can sit no, there and at their leisure pick apart the cheat system and work out how it works and how to combat it. Hey. <laughs> I can't remember what game it was for. Um, was it World of Warcraft? Or something. Oh, it might have been for Warcraft, actually. Because I, I know the, there's like a massive market in gold farming and or, oh, we'll level your character for you so you don't have to, stuff like that. People with uh, not so much time but lots of money. Yeah. Yeah. Power players, basically. Pay to play. Yeah. Pay to win. Yeah, pay to win. <laughs> Which you can understand why they wouldn't want that in their game because they've spent all this time on all this They've spent about games. 12 years, 13 years putting that together. To the I could talk about another controversy actually that I read about today, but I, I don't think we need to get into any more. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but now you've said that. quite enough controversy for one, and you're just going to leave us hanging? You're not going to tell us? Oh, God, right. <laughs> uh, Hearthstone recently released an expansion, and players are getting pissed off because they think that when they buy the, the packs of cards, they're getting a more duplicates than they normally would. Oh. Um, so they kind of feel they're being fucked over. Yeah. They've all got together on Reddit like, something needs to be done. Um, and Blizzard are sticking to their guns saying, no, it's exactly the same as past games. And da -da -da. So, I, you know, watch this space on that one. But I wouldn't be surprised right, if so that's just breaking that now. Well. Yeah. I, well, I don't know if it was, maybe it was today or yesterday. I, I just, I only really read about it today, but... Um, yeah, but I think I think we should move on because we've spent a lot. Yeah, of time we've spent a lot of time looking at all the controversy. And, so, like, I mean, that's kind of a whole discussion in itself. I suppose that is our discussion for the the week because we've kind of discussed it <laughs> as a discussion. <laughs> um, because we've got a lot of other stuff to talk about as well, actually, at this point. So, you know, I think we probably should 
Cool, that is our discussion. Um, games we are looking forward to. We've only got one here because I think we've got too many games to There's play. There's just so many games that we've had a, a plethora of games in the last few month or so, and we're still playing catch up. Very much so. I don't have time. I'm just gonna. It's gonna take me six months to get play all the games like they've come out. Yeah, because a lot of the games that have come out have also then they're not like small twenty-hour games. They're they're massive games. A lot of them. yeah. It's like I've got Zelda to play. I haven't. I've hardly touched that since me and Rami played it a few weeks ago. I've yeah. got Persona Five, which is massive. I've got the Kingdom Hearts One and Two reboot thing, which is massive. Yeah. I've got Ukulele coming out. I've got Mass Effect Andromeda to complete. And then there's games like Horizon Zero Dawn, who didn't even get a look in because luckily, I, there was so much Luckily, that was one that I wanted to play, and I I've, I have played that one now. So. Um, and the reviews on that are massive as well. Like it's it's a really yeah, good I, game I, by I all accounts. Like would really really enjoy it if they um, carried on that storyline and made more content that, for I've it. I've still got Final Fantasy XV to play, so fucking hell. Like, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of big games out there. Yeah. It's so, it's so hard to find the time as well to, like, you know, just, you know, because we sort of report on games and stuff, to actually get enough time to play these, like, really good, massive games. I mean, it's an unbelievable <laughs> year this yeah, year. Yeah, so far. I mean, last year we were having, we were having months where there wasn't much happening. You know, wasn't and even games that are coming out were pretty much a letdown. Yeah. Um, are we no really going to mention yeah. No Man's Sky again? <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was thinking it. Luckily, Ferg is. You know, as Ferg isn't here, I figured I'd, I'd, I'd chip that in. I like No Man's Sky to be honest, but I, I... <laughs> actually, while Ferg's not here, it, uh, <laughs> No Man's Sky, no, no, no Man's Sky is actually doesn't need to be. <laughs> updating and trying to improve the game. Yeah, they've put in patches yeah. for growing stuff. Bases and... and all sorts. Yeah. They they do seem to be trying. Um, I, I think they're a little bit too trying for, for Ferg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, there's so many other good games out now as well, it is just lost in the dust, no matter what they do. Yeah. Pretty yeah, they, they, they are now playing catch-up themselves. They are trying to catch up with yeah. their own promises, which which isn't helping them at all. No. It's going to go the way of DayZ, I think. But Shame. 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 Game of Thrones. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, the game we're looking forward to, because there's only one, is Ukulele. Um, yeah. We all really want to play that and see well how banjo kazooie is i guess yeah, <laughs> yeah if it measures I mean, up to what i have the, the um sort of tech demo version i've played it's the toy box yeah the toy mode. Mode. it's exactly you pre-ordered you've already got to have fun if it's if it's that it's yeah. exactly what i want in in that style of game yeah i mean i i play the toy box as well it's i played it and Felt like I was playing Banjo Kazooie, but with different characters, and it looks better. That's <laughs> what more can you ask for? And the notes look like quills, and the jigsaw pieces look like pages. So that's 
yeah. much what happened. Excellent. Well, I'm sure it's a game my daughter would love because she loves the Banjo Kazooie. She's I mean, been playing yeah, that on it, 360, and it, it's awesome to. It'll be interesting to see what Ferg thinks because he's. I don't think he really plays. No, he didn't. Series, he's so... not really a player. Player Powerful. of games with that the kind of bright, colourful, bouncy games. Yeah, he, he said on on a previous podcast that he, you know, he, he's looking forward to playing it because it's completely sort of left field for him. He's. And because and, Team and because 17, team 17. Are like involved. Well. Yeah. Dare we say fanboy? Probably. He's definitely I'll admit boy. to being a fanboy. Yeah, yeah but team there's nothing wrong with that. If they yeah. say it, it's they've done a lot of good stuff. It's on their it's on their they load have, screen. Whenever you play a game, twenty five years of gaming excellence. I I can't yeah. fault yeah. them. I can't think of a game one of no. their games that I have played that I did not like. I really want to try Flockers actually. Flockers my, my, my is oh, Flockers right. is lemmings it's... with sheep. Oh, it, brilliant! It's yeah, that that's... return to that awesome. sort of game, but the environments are far more brutal. It's yeah. the super sheep from Worms is the factory where they're made, and the sheep are trying <laughs> to escape. Um, so it actually ties. I think in. it does directly brilliant. tie into. Yeah, because they're, they're being packaged up so you can make super sheep and all sorts of stuff. That's cheap. And the sheep that decide, no, we don't epic. want to be weapons of mass destruction. We're off. <laughs> and you have to neg- you I have mean, to navigate through effectively through a, a death factory. Wait a minute. So Ferg gets upset about Pokemon, but is pro a game like Flockers, where you're basically carting off animals to turn into weapons of mass destruction. No, no, they're, they're trying to escape that fate. You're, you're helping them escape. Oh, are you yes. helping them escape? Yes, you have to guide them to the exit. Oh, right. I thought, style. You were like, I thought you were like... Yeah, but what them. if I want to put them in the box and send them off to be used as weapons <laughs> of mass destruction? There's, there's some pretty but I nasty ends that can happen to your sheep. <laughs> Brilliant. It's it's a but lot I mean, of fun, but it's, it's one of those games that's like, I should be able to save more than two... <laughs> but being pretty old school, still one of my favourite games that I played in the way back when uh, was on the Amiga and was the the first Alien Breed. That that game was absolutely epic. Loved it to pieces. <laughs> I never played it. Never played it. Oh, you need to play the original Alien Breed. I seem to recall playing oh. it at some point, but I don't remember much about it. Oh, it's so much. The fun. name rings a bell. I'm sure I've played it. It was just kind of a maze full of aliens, lots of shooting. Brilliant. Sweet. So. Let's reviews. Yes. Because we have got a few. We've, we've actually been playing some games. Which makes the change. We have. I'm still playing one game. <laughs> well, we've got... Uh, Rami, you start off, actually. Yeah. The Weed Park. Because, yeah, I, I've only picked this up literally yesterday so I've had most of the afternoon with it uh, and I've got to part three in the story now Thimbleweed Park is a return to the point and click adventure games very specifically the 
the LucasArts kind of style of point-and-click adventure games. It's a, a bit of a homage to that. Again, I think it was really successful in Kickstarter, and it, it, it's termed almost as kind of an open-world um, point-and-click adventure game. Um, of course, playing it on the hardcore mode, because there is a casual mode, but apparently that just misses out about half of the puzzles. And if you're going to play a point-and-click adventure game, you want all the puzzles. And it's awesome fun. The story's very funny. It reminds me quite a bit of Day of the Tentacle, because you aren't just controlling one character. There's five characters, I think, you're controlling. Um, Quick point about that. Um, It's made by the guys that worked on that. That worked on Day of the Tentacle? Yeah, developed by Ron Gilbert and Gary Wincott. Right, yeah. Well, it, it shows. It's awesome fun. The humour's brilliant. Um, and the the puzzles. I haven't found anything that's massively stumped me, but I am a big fan of the point-and-click adventure games. and Things like Monkey Island. Uh, yeah, stuff like Monkey Island, Day of the Tentacle is still, as far as I'm concerned, the best of that genre. He worked on Monkey Island as well, actually. Ah. But, yeah, it's been a hell of a lot of fun so far, and it looks like there's quite a lot more to go. Um, It's really quite clever, because every character has kind of a to-do list, so you're always given a vague sense of guidance of, uh, oh, what should I be doing now? Because it is a pretty big game, and there's lots to see and do and as I say you've got all these different characters that all have their own goals and I'm sure they'll all tie together somehow by the time the the story's finished but yeah can't wait to keep playing it and it does have that uh, very retro all the animation the sprites are very much from that era Um, kind of 8-bit yeah definitely 8-bit and they're there's a lot of tongue-in-cheek humour and saying, oh, like, one joke, oh, you're giving up $10 million uh, inheritance in 2017, that would be worth $20 million. are you crazy? So there's a lot of kind of references to the future and what it would be like if people were playing it now, and yeah, great fun. I'd recommend that to anyone. Brilliant. Dad? Uh, yeah, um, Lego City Undercover um, or Lego Grand Theft Auto. Um, it plays very much like Grand Theft Auto. It's what I've played of it. It's fun. It's a free roaming world with missions and stuff to do in it, and the humour on it has been almost constant. Uh, the first sort of first two minutes, there's a a reference to Titanic. The the movie, which is yeah. just the first thing that comes on is that. It's like, okay, so that's the tone of the game all the way through. And you play a, a police officer and um, you go to a briefing and there's Dirty Harry and all the like 80s um, <laughs> police characters are there. It's just, there's a Columbo yeah. as well and it's just like oh, no. this, yeah, I can see why this has been such a popular hit on um, the Wii U. Because it came out originally 
as a, a Wii U exclusive. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Is so. What what have you been playing it on? I've been playing it on the Xbox. And has it literally just come out on Xbox One? I assume. Uh, yes, it came out on the seventh. Right. Okay. So it it is basically an ideal ideal game to. Um, if your kid is wanting to play Grand Theft Auto, which a lot of kids want to, um, <laughs> and they're under the age of 18, it's a suitable substitute, especially if they're young. Well, I know Nate, my son, loves his Lego, and I know when this came out on the Wii U, he was very disappointed because I didn't have a Wii U and he couldn't get this yeah. game. So It's, it's it, one of the it, only ones I haven't played. It'll be one for uh, me to go back and pick up and surprise him with at some point in the future, I imagine. But it's it's an enjoyable game. There's... It's weird, it's got very divided reviews as, as well, similar to Ukulele. Again, I think that's down to the um, people that they're getting to do the reviews. I don't think they're targeting the right audiences with their review panels. I think that's the thing, like, why can't a game just be reviewed, like... On its own merits, I mean... Um, on its own, yeah. Other reviewers taste. saying, oh, this isn't a AAA title, this isn't uh, a game for adults, I'm going to review it as such. Uh, it, is it a case of that, maybe? Um, Plus, it's a bit like children's books, like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't like, put... Um, I didn't like this book. Peter Rabbit up against like Shakespeare, and then <laughs> do like a kind of award ceremony over. I don't know. Like they're just the monkey so lost different. his balloon up yeah. against uh, the like. Like, but in in itself, it could be great for its audience. Like, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Lego games, right? I've made yeah. no qualms about it, but I'm aware. That other people really like them, so yeah. I might review a game like a Lego game and say, "Oh, it's utter shit." But you know what? I, I'm not the person to be doing forcing my opinion on other people. Like, I just don't. Well, like I don't Lego know. Games. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think <laughs> is what you're saying. I, yeah, I just don't think like I would have an unbiased view. No. I, I mean, I suppose at the same token, like, I don't. Know, it's very difficult, isn't it? Because I mean, all reviews are biased, but if someone like you know, is one of the type of audience it's geared towards, then it's kind of, you know, it makes a bit more sense, really. Well, if you just look at, say, the Final Fantasy Fifteen that you looked at, Seth, you said that was a, a very good game. And there's LEGO City Undercover that Dead saying is a very good game, a lot of fun. Now, I imagine we'd have had completely the opposite results of those reviews if Dead had been the one to... <laughs> review Final Fantasy 15 and you've been the one to review Lego City Undercover. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but you know, I think the thing is as well is like, I mean actually I would probably give if I actually had the time and the money I would probably give it a go because there, there was the odd Lego game that I did enjoy, like uh, Lego Island and stuff like that when I was a kid which came out in 2000 or something. Oh wow. Um, I didn't mind them as a kid but um it, you know, I mean, it, I I have a bit of an issue with Lego games that are kind of riffing off uh, film franchises and things, because, I mean, I don't really want to replay a story I've watched in a film where they actually have talking <laughs> in it. Like, 
I know other people do, and they enjoy that. Yeah. But... And just to see the Lego spin on it. There, there is a lot of yeah, humor I, that I is like added their... to the game. They put a lot of a lot of jokes in there. Um, yeah, so that if you're a fan of the franchise, they're they're Jurassic Park has got a lot of jokes in it. Um, yeah, Nate loves Jurassic Park. Poking fun at obvious fan. plot holes and stuff, and yeah. just general fan humor. There's adult humor in it as well. The stuff that's like Disney's got humor aimed at an adult gradient that's above the kids' yeah. heads so that it goes yeah. over their heads but the adults watching it can sit there and have a laugh and enjoy the film as well. It's got That's what the Lego games have. They have that level of humour for adults and the fan humour and just the, the general kind of vaguely slapsticky comedy of it. But you know, I mean, I, sp- I, I suppose the thing is, is, like, as a reviewer you need to be able to kind of give a fairly... You need to you, you need, need to be, be someone who, to... who 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 can acknowledge their own biases and put that in your review and say, well, yeah. this really isn't my type of game. So actually, maybe you should read some other reviews and watch the videos and <laughs> yeah, like you know because the, the, the gameplay is awesome. Yeah, make a really good point of the, this is just bank. a subjective. Yeah, I don't know, but anyway, like it, you know, it, it from what I've seen of it, it does look pretty fun. Like. I I just not a sold on kind of the Legoe collectathon in the same way as something like Banjo Kazooie. I suppose I don't. It doesn't speak to me in the same way. <laughs> Each to their own. Everyone's different. If we all played the same game, it yeah. would be very boring. Yeah. Exactly. Wouldn't life be so different if everyone thought the same? It's a classic that one. <laughs> so stay. Might as well. Yeah. Do you want to give us one of your reviews? Yeah, I suppose I can... Uh, Persona 5... I don't know where to start with this. Because this um, I'm desperate to hear about, to be perfectly honest. Well, okay, the basic premise is the... Uh, spoiler alert, I mean, it's not a big spoiler, but basically, you're a kid who's had to move because you've got a criminal record... Um, and it's basically because you try to rescue a woman who was going to get taken away by some creepy guy in a car. So you did the right thing, basically, yeah, yeah. but you've been but punished you... for it. Yeah. Because you beat beat him up, I think. Um, and you end up starting at this new school, and you're living with this old man, uh, and you sort of stay in the back of his restaurant, and he goes to his home at night, so you sort of have this little place you can stay. And every day is broken up into, like, the morning where you go to school and you maybe have a lesson or something. And then after that, you know, you meet up with your friends and you do whatever and then you go out and kind of do the fight stuff at night. Um, And it's every day for a whole year, right? So it's literally 365 days. Pretty much. I think it might be maybe a little less or a little bit more, but it's... It's 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 about that. that, yeah. And... From what I mean, I've, I've only played about maybe seven hours, and I think it opens up more and more. From from what I've heard, you can spend a lot of time with your individual friends or make new friends, and kind of really develop skills by hanging out with them. You can like up your skills by doing things like stupid stuff, like in Yakuza, like doing a big burger challenge. Yeah. And, like you can do all sorts of different things to kind of level your character up and get closer to to certain characters that you want to. And you can even, I think, 
not even have characters on your team or even interact with them that are big players if you don't want to. Literally just um, be a loner. Yeah, and I it's I haven't even seen that much combat, but the the, the idea is is this kind of the normal world and then at night you can go into this other world which is kind of the fantasy uh, kind of world of the big bad that you're you're dealing with their right. kind of mind palace um, so like the first one is about a guy who kind of thinks he's king of the school like he's a teacher and he's a bit dodgy and he thinks he's king of the school so you kind of go into his little mind palace and it's kind of his it's all a bit and throw Very down. Japanese slant on it. Yeah, it's like all a bit crazy. Um, How is it like, say, getting to play your own anime series? Because you, yes, you said there's a lot so. of story-based and a lot of story-driven stuff. So is it like a, almost like an interactive anime in some respects? I'd say it's half an interactive story and half combat. But I mean... I'm not sure how much that divides later on, but at the moment, I've done a lot more story than combat, which yeah. I think, from what I've heard, the first 10 hours is very much sort of quite, it's a bit like playing a tutorial, but it's not, like it's not... Yeah, um, is it building the world? Like tutorial. Yeah, and it's building up what you can do in the world as well, like I think there's a lot of different little side things you can do in the game, and it's just kind of slowly adding them on and saying, ah, you can do this. You can do this. So I think after a certain point, you kind of have a bit more control over what you do each day. It's a little, you have a little bit more influence over what parts of the story you want to find out. Okay. Now, one thing, of course, it's mm. Persona 5. Um, yeah. What, what happened to the other four? And uh, am I at a, a loss for having not playing them? Uh, um, I believe there's a, no. an anime, Persona 3. On oh, yeah, a movie possibly on Netflix. I think I'm sure I saw that as I've well, been browsing. For, for I think what happens is Persona. I think all the Persona games are set in a school and follow a protagonist. Yeah, and they have some similar mechanics. Um, but from what I've been told and from playing the game, this is pretty much the perfect jump on point because almost it's... like what they've done with yakuza then recently yeah i i i think the great thing about it is you kind of you don't need to know anything else about the other games yeah and it from what i've heard this does the best way of kind of teaching you game mechanics because it is i think once you learn all the different parts and how it all works if that's just thrown at you, you'd have no fucking idea and you probably would stop playing it. Like, I think that's the problem with Persona 4 is a lot of people struggle to get their heads around It was everything. that overwhelming. There was that much to do. Yeah, and I've, I haven't, like, I really do feel this is the time that JRPGs are coming back because I haven't played many good ones in the last sort of 10 years. And, they, I mean, there's obviously other ones as well that come out. But they, this is really good. Like, I, it's been a long time since I've just been absolute, like, holy shit, I could just sit and play this for the next hundred hours, because that's how long it is as well. It's massive. Wow, awesome. Um, this is why, again, just... there's so little time. <laughs> yeah, and it's so hard to choose. Like, I mean... Because Zelda's a hundred hours, Persona 5, hundred yeah. hours. I mean, that's... 
talking about big investments here. Mass Effect as well, which I yeah. still want to play more. 100 hours. The Witcher 2. <laughs> Final three. Fantasy. Sorry, The Witcher 3. It's a 230 hours. Yeah. God. And I want to try that. And then you've also got, which I haven't talked about at all, is a game called Near Autonomous, which... Yeah, that about, seems which... to have got a lot of good reviews. And is that sort of it's almost in a... a sleeper kind of like game because... The critic, the critics have been really, I think, really pro about it, and it's right. apparently really good. But I think it's just lost under the wealth under the of wealth stuff. of stuff to play. <laughs> yeah, isn't it a, a bit Dark Soulsy in a way with the um, the combat and the the depth of the game? I think so, and I think it's quite apparently it's quite heartrending as well, from what I've heard. I just. I haven't been able to give it enough enough time yeah, to kind of really, to really research form an it. opinion. I mean, it's got 88 on Metacritic, and actually the user score for change is 8.9, which is surprising because user scores are normally really low. Because yeah, people, people are like contrary. <laughs> but it's it's got a lot of 100s and 10s. I mean, it, it's done really well. Um, What's it out on? Is that a, another PS4 exclusive or? No, it's on it? PC as well. It's I don't think it's on Xbox. But not Xbox, um, okay. I mean, it, you've got to admit, PlayStation at the moment is winning on exclusives. I think. No, I think it is. I feel like Xbox quite often is missing out, and I'm feeling disappointed more often than not. But I think part of the thing is is that Microsoft, rightly at the time, with all the information they had, probably didn't think trying to back random Japanese companies like gaming companies would be a good idea because yeah. most of them have been saying if we're not successful with the next console game we're fucking it off and we're going to make mobile games because yeah. they just sell more in Japan like at the moment but it does seem quite a big deal like how many Japanese RPGs are being successful Yeah, even in the west like it's amazing there's a definite swing isn't there hmm and then you've got stuff like Final Fantasy VII remake. I mean, I, I think that might is pro that probably will come out on PC, but there's no way they'll let Xbox have it. I'm sure. Um, Not if they've already made the deals and stuff. Then no. But also, I think Square Enix are pretty tied to. Oh, actually, maybe it will. I don't, I'm not really sure, but I think Square Enix are probably quite tied to Sony. I might be wrong. But, but then again, FF15 was out on the lot, so. Maybe oh, they right. maybe, maybe maybe they don't be. want to, uh, you know, narrow their audience. Why narrow your audience if you have if you don't have to? You're right, actually. It would. I mean, I I think they will release if it, if it's successful. They will release it on the Xbox. Because yeah. I mean, think of how much money they're if it's successful, how much money they'll make. Oh, on of course, yeah. And I mean, that'll be the first time that FF7 has been able to be played, won't it, on something like the, the Xbox. They'd be missing a trick. Like, if it does well, they'll... S yeah. Like, this is the potential to make them a lot of money. Holy fuck. Would you pick it up, Dead, then? N not <laughs> at on all. Xbox. Final not... Fantasy VII Remake. Nope, not even... I know nope. you're like... Not even if you paid for it. <laughs> you, you're just oh never going to let that go, are you? No. Nope. Is, is it not time to say, 
I'm gonna finish years, that game. Man. Oh, I couldn't years. give a monkeys. I do not ever <laughs> want to play Final Fantasy VII again. It can't but be it's fixed. a nope. different game. I don't like, care. They're, they're... <coughs> I don't care if it's a different game. I... But it is a separate game. Like it's gonna be a total reinvention. Whoop de doo! I've played Come it already. Dead, so no, this is like some serious mental scarring. We're talking like ten to fifteen years worth of therapy here. No, yeah, I'm I'm amazed you're that you're you're that kind of staunch on this. This is like it's impressive, man. You really were pissed off about losing save files on that game. Like, you're serious. Uh, you were seriously pissed off about this. Like, yeah, it's shoddy material, shoddy build. It broke. Yeah. I don't want to play a game again. I've played well, it once. you're just gonna have to when it comes out. You're gonna have to suffer me and Rami in the background going. Oh my god! Yay! Oh dear! And you are a completionist, aren't you, Dad? Let's be honest. Mm, pretty much. Yeah. So most of the time, I'd like to get to the end of the game and do everything that's in it, get my money worth. So yeah. I, I can see where the mental scars have come from. Uh, but you, you've also played another game, haven't you, Dad? Recently, you've been getting into something. Uh, I started taking a look at Feed the Beast, which is heavily mine, uh, modded Minecraft. Uh, Minecraft on crack. It's got about 15,911 extra items in the game, uh, comprised from 121 different mods. Explain again how many, because you, you, you explained to me this, how many extra things in there? 121 extra mobs, uh, sorry, mods, and 15,911 items. So there's pretty much everything you could think of. There's nuclear reactors all the way through to uh, different kinds of magics and extra dimensions. and. Wow. That's quite quite crazy. I mean, I have in the past played some Feed the Beats, the Beast stuff, and it is like mass. It's become a massive community, the Minecraft modding community, and they've created all these massive add-ons. It's like it's, it's not enough that I can just have a minecart. I want to be able to build a nuclear reactor uh, and have it powered. I want magic in the game. I want an entire system of magic. No, not just one, two, or three. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's a little bit overwhelming in places. Sometimes you just don't know where to keep going. Um, can't keep, get one project finished before you're moving on to the next, and you end up bouncing between the two. I think you should explain as well what really Feed the Beast is, though. They package together groups of mods, don't they, and test them and, and make sure that yeah. they all work as they should together. Yeah, they've put together a, a mod pack. It's called Infinity Evolved. There's 121 mods in it that are all. Some of them are designed to work with each other as well. Um, lots of interconnectivity and and just so much things to do. So many different concepts to wrap your head around. And this isn't the only yeah. one, there were a couple. Um, Die Wolf 20 was one way back. So they're a way of packaging all these different mods together 
and experiencing them in one big, massive, modded world. Yeah, yeah, it's just a huge world full of lots of different concepts that you can play with. Um, you can practically do automate everything. Yeah. Uh, make everything do things for you. Um, there's lots of little extra dimensions to go to. Uh, there's one where you can create your own dimensions as well, which is quite amusing. Um, but it's disabled because of griefing reasons. But overall, I'm thoroughly enjoying the experience. It's definitely keeping me uh, interested. And uh, there's always something to, else to do. Biggest questions have generally been, what the fuck does that do? What the fuck is this? Where the fuck do I get that from? How the fuck does that work? It's Minecraft to the nth degree, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. It's it's Minecraft for like super hard mode. Oh, I'm just. I'd also say if you like Minecrafty type games, you should try out Star Made on Steam. Oh, that's the Minecraft in space. I one. might have mentioned it. A, a I while think ago, yeah. Occasionally, the name rings a bell. Yeah, I'm sure it's like Minecraft but in space. <coughs> really cool. You like build your own ship. Um, out of blocks and you can kind of get more blocks and build up your ship and do all sorts of like, it's all very spacey, you can visit like lots of planets and it's kind of got that No Man's Sky element where you can like fly to other planets <laughs> and land on the planet but it's kind of all blocks but it's cool, it's, it's pretty cool. Minecraft in space. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if, if you want a bit of a, if you want a bit of a change like, you know, and you love the Minecraft, it's it's a lot of fun, like it's Perhaps not as complicated in some ways, but it's it's cool. Like you can build all the bits on the back of your ship and put in different systems, and ah, oh, it's it's cool. And space stations and recyclers. Yeah, yeah, you can do all that stuff. It's it's a lot of fun with friends as well, because most people play it on servers, so you can get all the bit, you know, sort of angry and stuff. Yeah. Oh god, I just opened my PlayStation thing with my foot. Whoops. Sorry, X Men just came out, the animated series. I got it for eight ninety nine. That's all epic. five seasons. Oh my god! What? You can get them at Now Entertainment in Lancaster, by the way, Rami. Oh, eight ninety nine, all five of them, <laughs> all five seasons. Yeah, <laughs> I might have to do that because the kids need educating. <laughs> yeah, that is literally my moral compass. Was that series as a kid? Um, that's why I'm a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, and I suppose like I've got a breathing sound yeah. Kingdom Hearts. But, yeah. Uh, I haven't really played a lot of this, but um, I played like the old Kingdom Hearts a little bit as a kid. But I kind of got these because I wanted to give it another go. Are these it's like bit... remastered then? Yeah, it's and it's a bit of an odd kind of concept because it's kind of Final Fantasy meets Disney child with Final Disney, Fantasia. which has characters from both. So. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I've given it a little bit of a go, and I'm like, this is actually seems quite fun. Um, but again, it's. Oh, I don't know why I bought it. I just I just didn't spend the money on it really because I've got other stuff I can play. Um, but I really want to play more of it. But um, it looks it looks quite good. There's been a few complaints about a few bugs and stuff with it on the Japanese version, which hopefully they've fixed. But it's you know if you like your art JRPGs, it's probably. And if you like good. Disney. And if you like Disney, uh, as I say, I, I think 
my daughter Lily had uh, really loved the Kingdom Hearts stuff because she likes Nino Cooney. Uh, so she she already has. Did she play Nino Cooney? She she is playing through Nino Cooney. That is a, it's good. Yeah, that's a dark game, man. <laughs> Does it get really really dark later on? Well, I don't think she would notice what's going on. Right. That sounds awful. But because at the moment it's all it kind of nice adult. and fluffy. There's like a, a king who's a cat and all kinds of stuff, and these bad people are taking like people's emotions and stuff away and so she's fixing it all and it's it's all very nice yeah, and fluffy. I think and it it's is Studio nice and fluffy. Ghibli, so I think it is gorgeous. nice and fluffy. I think the undertones, like the actual if you look at it as an adult, it's like, God, this is actually quite awful what's happening <laughs> to these people. But yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, no. it's it's a bit like it's a bit like is very similar to Nino Cooney in that way, but it's actually a lot more adult oriented. Actually that's a point. Yeah, that's another point about Persona Five. Actually, that I'd really like to make is it is it's dark as fuck. Like, um, right? It's really dark. Um, the, like, there, there's a suicide attempt in the first seven hours. Oh wow! Uh, character tries to kill themselves because of what's happening to her. Um, there's a lot of undertones of like people being abused by adults. Um, is wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's it doesn't pull its punches, and and that's sort of part of why you're going into these mind palaces to kind of deal Escape with these awful the people. Horrendousness. No, of no, actual reality. no, no, no. Well, actually, to try and like to take away their drives and their motives for doing it. Oh right. And kind of and take away their their kind of their power. Yeah, their power, and that's kind of the idea of going to these palaces. So it is really dark and. All the characters like that you end up having have all got kind of some dodgy histories or things that have happened to them, <laughs> have given them the rebellious nature that opens up their power, kind of thing. Oh. Um, but and the language in it as well is like like one character yesterday I was, I was she she finds her sort of in a rebellious side and she's just like pretty much like. Um, just swearing at this guy, like, you're not gonna fucking control me, da da da, like, right, and it's wow. proper badass, like, I think it's the other thing to mention as well, like, as a anime game, you get the same hits out of it as, like, a, watching an anime in big fight scenes where, like, you do really cool shit, and, like, you have real good motives for trying to f screw with people, and, like, destroy them and you get that real sense of like yeah we're gonna kick his ass he's a total bastard for this this and this reason and it's like the music starts blaring out and you're like yeah get my fucking anime destruction on your ass you bastard like it's <laughs> it's really cool it really gives you that edge of kind of real anger and justice and like we're gonna we're gonna deal with this guy he's bad like it's it is really good actually i've got to mention all those cool parts of it and it also, which most people talk about, the menu system and the style of the game. Like, this is probably the most stylish game ever made, like, style-wise. Oh, wow. It is. Yeah. The menu system's amazing. It's really cool graphically. The characters, like, are cool as fuck in terms of how they fight. Even the transitions from, like... A loading screen. You say you're gonna you're gonna go onto a train. You you click the loading screen to go into the train or whatever. And the loading screen is like a load of people sat on a train and people moving along the train, like just silhouettes of them and stuff. And it's really quite cool. It's very arty and kind of 
even the loading screens are engaging. Like, <laughs> it's, wow. rid it's ridiculous. Like, I, I think I need to see this as well. So. Yeah, I think it'd be good to show you, just to show you the, um, what it looks like. Yeah. It is, it is a piece of art as a game. It is, it is phenomenal. Like, I would definitely say it's a contender for, like, game of the year. Oh, wow. I prefer it to Zelda. Really? It's my favourite game so far. I mean, I, I haven't mean, Zelda like... completely blew me away. So Zelda's amazing. Like, I mean, as it, it's so. I mean, it, you know, if we were going to go on game of the year, it's very difficult because Zelda does so many new things. Yeah. And redefines what an open world is. But I um, honestly think it does. I've never really yeah. encountered that feeling of literally I'm part of this world. Openness. Absolutely everywhere is open to me. No stupid invisible walls. It's literally anywhere yeah. I want to go. I will. And Persona like does the same thing, but in a different way. It redefines the Japanese RPG for me because I never played any of the other ones. Oh. And the amount of story in it, the kind of real kind of, it's just so absorbing from a story aspect. Like more than Mass Effect games. Like Mass Effect games, I always fall into the same tropes of well, I need to go to the hub place and talk to a million people over the course of two hours because it will actually literally take me two hours to talk to all the people I yeah. need to talk to for the story to like to then progress. The story, like it become. It, I I actually in Mass Effect games do sometimes get to a point where I'm like, oh god, it's so formulaic what I need now. to do. <laughs> yeah, and it's I'm not even talking about Andromeda. I'm talking about Mass Effect Three even, and like you know, because I played all of them again recently. It's just state like staple of the series but Persona doesn't feel as you've fallen like, into the same trap so easily yeah like it just it doesn't feel like you're just repeating all the time or you know and you can kind of like uh, I don't know you, you, you can sort of it's I don't know it's hard to explain but you kind of you min-max the game so that you can see all the characters oh. and get all the story and like it becomes a system of playing the game as opposed to being absorbed in a story. Yeah. Like it's like I've got to collect all the snippets of story to feel like I've done everything. I don't know. Anyway. That kind of wraps up reviews I reckon. Pretty much. Yeah. So I guess we do the exciting what's coming to Xbox Live and PlayStation Plus. <laughs> Pretty much the same as it was last week. Um, PlayStation Plus. I've actually done a look, tried to do a bit of research on this because I just don't have like. You're I think, not gripped, I, are you at all? By I'm not gripped, but I also don't titles. like. I just don't care about a lot of older games at the moment because there's too many new ones to play. Um, I mean, I can see on the list one I'd recommend. What's up? I can see on that list one I'd recommend you to play. Definite Which couch one, go up. Lovers in a dangerous space time. Thought you were going to say that. Um, it's awesome fun. Couch co op, brilliant. Yeah, I have seen a lot of reviews on it, and people did a lot of let's plays like with their girlfriend as well, because it's a game about. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, you... Like, a lot of couples play it, or you can play it with, like, your kids or yeah. something like that. Yeah, as I that. say, I play with the kids, and they love it. I think we talked about this one, actually, before. Didn't we? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, it was... A, I think during February, it was 
Xbox's uh, free game. Yeah, and it it does look good. It looks like a fun little game to play. Like I I think I, I do think it's a good offering. Don't get me wrong. Um, they're just not really offering anything particularly big. Um, I mean, what else have we got? We've got Drawn to Death. Um, I've to be not even heard of that. Quite amusing. I've been heard bits and pieces about it, but not a lot. Apparently, there's a. Yeah, I was hoping I'd get a bit more. Oh. Apparently, was so it's like a multiplayer shooter with a weird sort of drawy style. Yeah, it looks like um, it's drawn with Byro, and one of the characters is a stripper with a shark for a head, or a shark's head. A stripper with a shark head. Yeah, it's a bit weird. I mean, what's not to love there, really? Apparently, there are psychotic teddy bears and cyborg vampires. Um, it looks quite cool in terms of like the artwork and stuff. I think it's. Has it only just come out as well? I'm surprised it's sort of... Uh, I don't think it's been out very long. It looks it looks like a fun game. I, sp I suppose it just... Yeah. Yeah, I, d I just think maybe PlayStation should actually offer kind of a AAA game, even one that came out two years ago. Like, would be nice to see when Xbox do it nearly every month. Um, yeah. Anyway, they, they, they've got some other stuff. Curse, Curses and Chaos, which looks like a really old school looking game from like DOS days. <laughs> um, 2D Arena Brawler World. Uh, fight Monsters, apparently. Um, All right. It it looks alright, I don't know. What about that ten second ninja X? Ten second ninja X. That is an blisteringly fast, overwhelmingly intense action game, says PlayStation Store. Oh. Um mm. So you've been captured by Captain Greybeard, who's kidnapped you, and you're tra you're trapped you've been trapped in a forest or something with your friends. Alright. Uh yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, again, like it's probably a good game, like good little quick game to play, and it's kind of looks a bit like a kind of Mario-ish kind of platformer maybe type game. It looks, All right. It looks visually quite nice. Um, I, can tell I haven't really spent a lot of time looking at a lot of this, really. <laughs> um, but you know that it, it does seem like a fun little game. I just. It's just not really suited to me, so I'm not that bothered about it. But I think it would be quite good for Mario fans. Um, you've also got Invisible, Invisimals, The Lost Kingdom. Yeah. Um, which is... No, that's for PS3, so sure you PS3 need a PlayStation 3 camera. And you get to interact with them, maybe. Who knows? Seems like an action adventure. Maybe, maybe it has kind of. It does seem to have sort of some platformery elements. It's three D. Yeah. And the last one, just to get this out of the way, Alien Rage Alien on PS3. Rage. Is it good? I've got no idea. I've never heard of it. Packed hardcore first-person shooter, because it's not like we have enough of those. All right. Uh, but that's that's a PS3 game. 
I don't know. I, I, I do find it difficult because I kind of think when I look at Xbox and they have backwards compatibility and then they release better games for the 360 than PlayStation does for the PS3. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I think PlayStation fails a lot for that reason, but also because they don't seem to get the best deals. No. For stuff. I don't know. It's weird because uh, a while ago it seemed like the PlayStation were getting the better end of the stick, but only for a short period. Um, yeah. And there was nothing but dross on the Xbox. And then that didn't seem to last very long, maybe a handful of months at most. And then it, it switched back around again. I think it's whoever offers more money, probably. There's probably like. <laughs> Microsoft really have deeper pockets. Yeah. I mean, because if you compare it with what's on Xbox Live this time, uh, it's still the same as we said on the last podcast. Um, So Rise, Son of Rome, as you say, yes, it is a AAA title, but it did come out when, literally, when the Xbox One came out. Yeah, but still, it, it is a AAA title, so they have done that. But then they've got The Walking Dead Season 2. Which is really a triple A title in a lot of ways. Yeah, like I mean, it, but it is and it isn't, but it's fucking good. The price right? isn't triple A; it's an amazing game. So they still pull it out the bag, and then for the you're gonna get a lot of hours out of that as well. It's like ten, twelve hours of a on, pretty good story-based game. And on top of that, you've got the three sixty, which is Assassin's Creed Revelations. So not a bad game. Yeah, and then you've got Darksiders, which was an awesome game, brilliant sort of. Third-person action adventure game, uh, almost like playing uh, a Zelda, but instead of playing uh, Link, you are yeah, you are War, the <laughs> Horseman of the Apocalypse. You're Death in Darksiders Two, and they're awesome fun, but they they do have the the sort of kind of Zelda esque gameplay in a way where. I'll go in this temple, solve these puzzles, and, and get some new abilities. And all the while, well. you're trying to prove. I think you're trying to stop the apocalypse potentially, or the apocalypse has happened, and you're trying to fix it. Because war got uh, effectively framed for kickstarting the apocalypse. <laughs> so it's it's quite a good story, and like there's some fun moves, and you learn more of them. And you can upgrade your character's abilities and weapons. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I think the thing is, every single game, at least in my opinion, that, that, that they've got on the PS Plus this month, is an indie game. They're all yeah. indie games. Yeah. I mean, yes, some are slightly better indie games than others, but they're all basically they're all indie short, games. Play them quick. You know, it's not going to be that absorbing. It's. Whether on Xbox you've got Walking Dead, which is twelve hours, you've got Rise. I don't really know. Probably fairly long, but not really my thing. Yeah. Assassin's Creed Revelations. You can still Massive. play on your Xbox One. Yeah. Darksiders, long game. Like. Yeah. They're both. They're. It's a weighty amount of game there. It just there doesn't is. seem the PS has really kept up this month, does it? Oh, last month, I think. I don't know. It's yeah, it does feel like a, a couple of months since there's been a really killer app, as it were. Yeah. It's 
Speaking of killer apps, there's a killer app in uh, Persona 5. <laughs> draws you into the palace. The mind palaces. Because you actually use your phone a lot in that as well. I'll, I'll stop talking about Persona 5. I, I need to play this, really Steph. You realise this. Yeah, I need this to show you. I think you'll done. really like it. It's, it's very good. Well, I'm so intrigued. I'm, I'm contemplating, uh, once we're done here, going and watching uh, Persona 3. Um, the anime, which is on Netflix, just to see uh, vaguely yeah, it what it's about. It's interesting they got it on Netflix. That's rather clever. Yeah, they've got loads of cool anime on Netflix. If that's your bag. Mm. By the way, before we end today... Yeah. Uh, Un-game-related, but... Just honourable mention. Legion is like the best fucking TV show in years. It's absolutely it's only... epic. So good. It's so good. I've seen, yeah, I've seen all of it. So very oh amazing. I'm waiting for you guys to catch up. Yeah. Oh, like. Yeah, absolutely loved it. It's... And Please, I can't wait for the next season. It. I am too. I thoroughly enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, and it is just. It's probably one of the most arty series I've seen in a long yeah, time. Yeah, but it's so the cleverly acting... done. The acting as well. I mean, Audrey Plaza, who's who's on Parks and Rec and various other things, she you will see a whole new side to her uh, acting ability. In this. It's amazing what she does. Which one's Audrey Plaza? Because I'm I'm more used to characters, to be honest. She's Lenny. Oh, she's Lenny. Uh, Lenny's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. It's got it's got everything you want. It's got sixties music. It's got completely fucked up story where you don't even know what's going on half the time until the end. Which but in is a good on way. Purpose? Yeah. It just keeps kind of drawing like... you in. Yeah. It and... drive... Yeah. It's crazy and mad and weird and strange. In all the right ways. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely looking forward to another season of it. And it, it's Legion. Yeah. <laughs> For fans of uh, Marvel Comics, that should be enough. <laughs> but it's for, for me, it's like probably the best Marvel thing I've seen. Like, it actually is what I hope for Marvel. Yeah, they, they have done an outstanding job on it, and it is so stylized and so well filmed. It's just... Can't say enough good things about it, really. It's so clever. Like... How they've managed to like create a series that is so arty, so like puts you in the mindset of a potential paranoid schizophrenic, and makes you see through his eyes and kind of experience his confusion, and still come out with a story that makes sense at the end. And like, it's quite a good feat, that really. Yeah, it's well executed. Definitely very Anyway, stylized. we should probably stop there yeah, because just for the wrap up though, have to edit a lot of stuff. I want to do a, a little bit of shameless promotion. Oh, go for it. Because um, last weekend I was at the Sci-Fi Weekender and uh, was lucky enough to get invited along to be a guest on the Nerd vs. World podcast. Um, Hell yeah! So. Do, do check that out. I think it's potentially going to be episode 78, I believe. 
Uh, I'm not 100% sure. I know the one they've just released is the one before, which is the Southampton um, live podcast that they did. And uh, as I say, we did one at the Sci-Fi Weekend, and, and do check it out because I'm on there. You know you want to. Oh, and I'd also just like to say, uh, so you don't really say it much, but big thanks to Dad because he actually edits yes. every episode like a crazy man. Um, it's never really brought up, uh, <laughs> so I just want to say big thanks because... Well, especially he goes above and beyond. Episode this time, but yeah, <laughs> he puts a lot of time into it, so it's worth mentioning. Cheers. Um, and I suppose we'll finish there. We've had, I think, we've said our pieces, haven't we? We've said yeah, episode, definitely. So. Um, I think just we've had enough of a discussion around about, uh, well, just about everything. Yeah, controversy yeah, was the discussion, discussion. kind of. There was so much news controversy that became the discussion. Fake news. <laughs> Everything's fake news. Oh well. Anyway, um, let's not get too into politics. Again. <laughs> Again. That's not. Vote Jeremy Corbyn. That, that's the um, way to go, Steph, mate, isn't it? Just mention politics, even in passing. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I, I, before we end, I'm just going to let you all know how awful Rami is as a human being. <laughs> Me? Um, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> the evil mastermind, like, on my birthday last year, basically convinced everyone that if I ever, like, every time I mentioned Jeremy Corbyn or politics, that I had to drink. Mm-hmm. Obviously, being wise, I refused this. And then people were following me round when I wasn't looking and pouring alcohol into my drink. I didn't condone that, by the way. He puppeteered everyone. I and I ended up in <laughs> farming on the floor at two in the morning. <laughs> Bastard. So, moral of the story is, if you ever meet Rami, do not challenge him to a drinking contest or spend any time with him. <laughs> it will end badly for you. Brilliant. Yeah, I'm Rami. I'm despicable. Bum, 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 and he can bum. drink a lot as well and cope. Like, it's <laughs> annoying as fuck. It's annoying. I don't get hangovers either. God damn it. <laughs> right, on that note, we shall leave. But goodbye and, yeah, au revoir, I suppose. That's what Francais would say. Uh, be excellent to each other. Good night. Good luck. Have fun. Bye. Bye. Bye.